I am very confident that Joe's going to win this thing. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be Tuesday night reporting style, uh, but I'm very confident that he's going to win this thing if votes are counted and the process holds up. There is a real chance that, that there's a blue wave all around the country. I genuinely think that um, in a time when 72 to 80% of Americans think this is the worst time in their lifetimes, that that's not like an incumbent type atmosphere, uh, right. you know, especially when this incumbent does not seem like the guy who's going to lead you out. Right. So I think there's going to be a blue wave. I think uh, the the Democratic majority in the House is going to grow. Um, the Senate's going to flip. Um, there's going to be a unified government. That's the way I think this is going to go. Tomorrow is the day, Andrew. Tomorrow's the this day. This is the special election day eve edition of Yang Speaks. It's like <laughs> Christmas Eve, and instead of Christmas presents, it's a new government. <laughs> <laughs> it is like I will say this, like it's a moment of reflection. Like we like if Donald Trump hadn't won in 2016, you wouldn't have run for president, right? Um, True. So this is like a culmination day. Um where you know rubber meets the road whatever analogy you want like that's kind of i mean it's there's no way around it it's important you know i believe that donald trump is going to lose and lose significantly but let's take the first part of this conversation to explore the fork in the road where he wins and then there's the middle ground where he doesn't win, but the process is just such a disaster that the count drags on and there's unrest and he refuses to acknowledge and uh, the Supreme Court um, comes up with a new ruling right. that says that President Trump can do whatever he wants. <laughs> you know, I shouldn't laugh, but I mean, th this is like the Dark the middle true. zone of, um, uh, of muddiness that uh, prevents us from having a clean winner, not just election night, but days and weeks thereafter. So let, let's consider each scenario in turn. Scenario number one, Donald Trump wins clean, uh, as in just wins more votes and does, I, and then you have, with each tributary, it's like uh, quick and then slow. Um, I don't think there's a version where Donald Trump wins slow, is there? Let's see, let's review. So there are three states that are going to count votes more slowly. Um, and those three states are the states that uh, you, don't, you don't want them to be. They are Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania. So, uh, so, so you can I, imagine. Hang on one sec. Let's just let me let me do this for anybody who is listening who doesn't under, doesn't follow politics, doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Like, there's like I I want to play dumb because I used to be really dumb on this. So just for context, real quick, I want you. Know, there's so much noise out there, Andrew. And I hopefully break this down for you. There's 538 total electoral college votes you need 270 votes to win and essentially a lot of them are already baked so there's really like 201 votes up for grabs um because 331 of them or so are already locked um so with that context andrew take away um i didn't mean i meant to interrupt you but I, but only because if there's um the path know, to 270 yeah completely yeah uh, i i was assuming that folks know that michigan Pennsylvania, Wisconsin are swing states or battleground yeah. states. Uh, and so those three states not having their votes in 
on election night uh, will likely present a problem. Like it, it's not a situation where you can pencil them in as blue or red. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we're going to get a quick result on election night, it's going to not involve those three states. Right. Uh, it's very hard for me to imagine a scenario where Pennsylvania in particular is just so clearly for one candidate that they call it despite the fact that a lot of votes haven't been counted. Um, I, I like I don't see them calling Pennsylvania uh, or Michigan or Wisconsin for that matter. Mm-hmm. There was one poll that came out that had Joe Biden up by 17 in, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin right? yeah. So so it's conceivable that Wisconsin just goes so much for Joe that even with the mail-in vote not uh, entirely counted that people are comfortable calling it. Um, still something that I see as unlikely. Mm-hmm. So election night scenarios, you have to contemplate them without knowing any of those three states' uh, results. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe has a, an advantage in paths to 270. He has a lot more paths to get there. Trump needs to essentially win every state that he needs to win to get to 270. Uh, 270 is close to his ceiling. There is a world where Joe Biden's ceiling is 350, like, like yeah, where he just wins high. by a mile. Um, so the main scenario for Joe to become the clear winner Tuesday night is if some of the big um, battleground states that are not those three go to him. Um, so let's say Florida and North Carolina. If Florida and North Carolina go to Joe, then he might be able to get to 270 even without any of the three slower states. Mm-hmm. So you've got... So there's there's a cool website if you guys want to mess around with, because I have been. It's called... It's 270-270-2win.com. 270-to-win.com. And you can just make your own map. So for me, like I like to... You can listen to pundits. You listen to us. But it's nice to kind of your own... For me, it was like looking at my own math, like what would happen, what states I'm watching personally. Um, there's seven states I think that really matter. Uh, it's You just said a bunch of them, but it's Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Florida, North Carolina, Arizona. That's what you're looking at. And essentially, Biden wins three of those, it's over. Um, and if he wins Florida, it's pretty much over all in, right? If, if he wins just Florida... By the numbers, that won't happen. He'll probably win one of the others. But if he wins Florida, it's probably you know, pretty much close to over. Um, Trump needs five. So that's where the like Biden is favored is because of basically that math. These are all toss-ups, leaning Joe in many cases. Um, so I think the likely path, and I want to agree with, like if you like had to guess, the likely path if either of them win, um, the likely path for Joe to win is that he takes Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, and probably Pennsylvania, because in all of those, he's favored. He's got an 85 to 94% chance of winning all four of those, you know, individually. Um, and then Trump, if he wins, he basically has to win Florida, North Carolina, Ohio, which he's winning in, and then he'd have to take Pennsylvania and then one of whatever's next. Either you could probably throw it exactly. in there. Exactly. So so if so if Florida and North Carolina go to Joe, it's pretty much all she wrote. <laughs> like yes, that, that, a, that's the election like it, night key. If so if that comes in election night, then we we go to sleep knowing that Joe's going to be um, president and uh, the transition occurs hopefully pretty straightforwardly, where if it's that clean, it's gonna be very hard for Donald Trump not to concede. Um, I know that some people in the Biden campaign are actually strategizing around trying to get a quick knockout uh, by 
investing more heavily in Florida and North Carolina, though right. they had meat campaign in Pennsylvania, so they're, they're leaving nothing to chance. They're, they're not. Right. They, they don't seem to be over emphasizing the timing of the thing. They just want to win, which is the right approach. Right. You know, you're yeah. just going to win. This podcast is sponsored by Helix Sleep. I've always been a mattress guy because I figured if I'm going to do something for up to eight hours, maybe I should do it right. And Helix Sleep lets you do it right by sending you one of 20 unique mattresses as tailored for you. I took the Helix Sleep quiz, takes only a couple minutes, and I was matched with a Helix Dawn mattress because I wanted something that felt firm and I sleep on my back. That mattress is exactly what I needed, but strangely enough, my kids now seek out that mattress in the house and want to sleep on it even though I did not order it with them in mind. If you have a high quality mattress, it is a game changer, a huge difference maker. Don't take my word for it. Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. It is even recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com yang. That's helixsleep.com yang. This is their best offer yet and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. So you've got, so Florida, according to 538, which I think is the, they were the closest, essentially, at least from public press outlets, because they aggregate all the polls and just do an algorithm. They're the closest to predicting 2016. They said Hillary had a 71% chance of winning, where the rest of the press said it was well into the high 90s. Um, they are saying that Biden has a 62% chance of winning Florida and um, 64% chance of winning North Carolina. Those are toss-ups. Those are, you know, it's roll the die. Um, it's going to come down to turnout and possibly some, you know, shenanigans with uh, mail-in voting or COVID voting, if you will. Um, but that's where you agree. I mean, they're saying that's where we focus. And if Biden wins. One of those, it's great. Florida, in particular, we're gonna have a you know, Biden's gonna have a good night. We agree. Yeah, uh, so that that's where you should be um, investing and paying attention. Uh, certainly on election night, uh, and you should not hold your breath waiting for Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, or Michigan, and not don't worry about it. Like the fact that those yeah. aren't going to be reported doesn't tell you that uh, Joe's going to win or not win. Uh, right. They're, they're if Biden loses are, those, it's not over either. Sorry to be clear. Like if Biden loses yeah, North Carolina, Florida, he's still got plenty of paths to victory. Sorry. Yeah, and that is a possibility. Historically, North Carolina has been tougher terrain for Democrats and uh, Florida too slightly. Uh, I'm very confident that Joe's going to win this thing. Uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be Tuesday night reporting style, uh, but I'm very confident that he's going to win this thing if votes are counted and the process holds up. Uh, so there, so the, let's consider again each of them in turn. There, there are a number of variables, though some of the variables extend beyond election night. So I guess we'll just right. focus on election night. So you're right to look at the map. Uh, as the election returns come in, definitely it's going to be very exciting. Um, but if these states start getting called for Joe, then that's enormous. Uh, and there is a real chance that, that 
there's a blue wave all around the country. I genuinely think that um, in a time when 72 to 80% of Americans think this is the worst time in their lifetimes, that that's not like an incumbent type atmosphere, uh, right. you know, especially when this incumbent does not seem like the guy who's going to lead you out. Right. So I think there's going to be a blue wave. I think uh, the the Democratic majority in the House is going to grow. Um, the Senate's going to flip. Um, there's going to be a unified government. That's the way I think this is going to go. Uh, and I love your confidence. Election man. night is a, is about the presidential race first and foremost. Um, but now that I have been endorsing all of these down ballot candidates, uh, some of whom are hardcore Yang Gang, some of whom are for cash relief. Um, there's virtually no one on the list that's not one of those two things. <laughs> like if, if you're uh, really, I mean, if yep. we endorsed you, you're, you're generally uh, for yeah. cash relief. Yep. Uh, so I'm going to be very, very intent on seeing what happens to a lot of these candidates, particularly a lot of the um, challengers to incumbents. Beating an incumbent member of Congress is so hard under ordinary circumstances. It's one reason why you notice anytime it does happen, because it just never happens. Um, yeah. But I think if there's going to be a time for it to happen, it's going to be this time. So for context, the historical re-election rate for an incumbent member of Congress is 94%. That's mm-hmm. sky high. That's better than the Golden State Warriors in their record year kind of high. Uh, uh, good analogy. But so, it, so if uh, this time it's going to be lower though, because you have a lot mm-hmm. of um, a lot of incumbents who are vulnerable or in a contested race, and you're seeing record levels of turnout. As we're having this conversation, the, the, like you know, seventy-five million Americans have voted already. Uh, and by the time people are hearing this on Monday, it's going to be a significantly larger number, and then everyone's going to turn out on Tuesday. Uh, so you're, I, I saw projections that said that this is, might be the highest turnout uh, in 60 years because yeah. of mail-in voting and early voting. I think we should keep mail-in voting and early voting. I think it works better. I know Who wants to just, just have everything be banking on everyone showing up at the same time? Uh, rains, on one day, why not just traffic, let us mail it you know, in? Throw it in the off. Yeah, agreed. We um, so you I have mean, to four, imagine like a four-hour wait in New York, man. Right, so it's there's wow. a lot of. I'm so glad I mailed that day. in. Yeah. So so you have to imagine an incredibly high turnout environment, and mm-hmm. that's generally going to help Dems. Um, so the size and enormity of the blue wave, and whether it crashes down in places like Texas and Alaska and South Carolina, Georgia. Georgia South Carolina. So interesting to me. Uh, this really could redefine the American political landscape uh, for a long time. I mean, if Texas goes blue, uh, well, that's then, over. Yeah, if you see Texas go, it's it's over. Uh, oh yeah, that would be incredible. Uh, that's. I that's don't necessarily expect that. Sorry, Beto. I, I mean, uh, you know, I, I expect it to be very very tight, um, but I, I doubt it's going to get called for Joe um, mm. Tuesday night. But if it were to, yeah, it's over. <laughs> we yeah, all just call it the never yeah, get call it. So let me ask you this: like, what's going to happen is you're going to start having you're going to have with you're going to have these states I mentioned start reporting some results because they're going to be counting. And I think turnout models are going to be all over the map, right? So people are going to be afraid 
to your point, I think you have record. I think you have turnout like we've never seen before from people of all and on both sides. Yeah, I think Dems maybe net benefit, but Republicans get a lot of turnout too. If you start to see like I. I I kind of want your perspective on how to help our listeners watch the results come in on election night. When they start to see Wisconsin numbers come in, when you know they're going to take a couple days to tally everything, like, do they, like, you know, let's say it's 25% of results are in and they start announcing. Do you feel comfortable with that? Do you, uh, does that mean nothing because it's going to flip on the the next 75? So so this is why it gets very frustrating, Zach. It just depends upon where the 25% is from. Um, if it's 25% from an urban area in Wisconsin, then you'd expect it to skew very heavily Democratic, and then uh, you take it with a massive grain of salt. If somehow they were to say to you, this 25% is a, a representative cross-section of the whole state, uh, then statistically you could say, all right, I guess we know what, what's happening. Right. Um, that's one reason why they keep digging into which counties it's from, because if you're an experienced political journalist, you know which uh, which direction a county is supposed to go right um, the, the thing i look for is results that surprise that surprise the journalist involved where there's someplace and they were like well i remember uh, during the weekend after super tuesday where uh they were digging into what was happening in ann arbor michigan uh and they were like if bernie doesn't win this county by like a million votes or whatever you know then it's going to be a really rough night um so it, it's that kind of thing where if they can find an anomaly um, then that's a sign. Uh, but the, the raw vote totals, uh, it's hard to tell because you don't know what counties are coming from. Have you been following, um, I think there's this like innate fear that the president um, will tweet out that he's won a certain state or won the election um, before any of the networks have called or um, all the votes are in. And Normally, that's not as big of a problem because normally, like the, the the lagging votes are, you know, they're a small number or on par with you know the way the state was trending. But in this case, they could be way off, right? Like if most of the Democrats mail their votes in and they haven't been counted, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of room for error there. Any thoughts on either how like your Twitters or Facebooks handle that, or how we as Americans should handle, you know, a president or anyone's early call? The social media companies have said that they are going to clamp down on any claim of victory that's not independently verified by various national media organizations. So the AP would be one big verifier. Everyone's going to wait on the media companies to call it. Uh, and if Trump says, I won, then I think they'll probably ban it, honestly. I mean, that's what they've already come out and said. They've said that yeah. there, there is no independent yeah. claim they of victory. Do that. And they should do it if Joe did the same thing. You know, It's only fair. Um, That'd be pretty funny if Joe was like, I won. I won. <laughs> like hours early. It'd be no, like noon on, noon on Tuesday. <laughs> be like, I already won. We're, we're off to the races. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, we all know that it's directed at Trump, this ban uh, or edict. Um, it also does show the power of the social media platforms. I mean, talk about it. Um, uh, that's wild. So I'm going to break down for a minute why I'm so confident. Uh, because a lot of people are. Because I'm not always... as confident. I'm going to probably take the other side. Look, here, yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated. On the half of all of our listeners, I'm fascinated by what you're about to say. All right. So I know the polls had Hillary winning for the most part. Uh, Donald Trump shocked the world. There are real problems trying to suss out levels of support in in uh, some of these areas. Um, but here are some of the things that make me totally confident. Now, number one, the polls have been pretty consistent 
and I'm just going to oversimplify for a second, but uh, the, the polls have Joe at, let's call it, plus seven nationally, uh, plus eight nationally. Uh, and then you think, well, nationally doesn't matter. Um, so if you start trying to adjust it for the Electoral College, for the swing states and the rest of it, you have something like a three-point built-in electoral advantage for Trump. Um, so if Joe Biden were up three, um, then it'd be essentially tied if that's the way the votes netted out. Um, because he's the incumbent? Uh, Is that what you well, mean? Be, or what do you mean? That that it, you have to... Uh, that there's a natural advantage for Republicans right now because uh, their popular votes correspond to a slightly higher number of electoral votes. Okay, because of, uh, because of how the Electoral College works and... Trump yeah, just because of the way the Electoral College is structured. So so if you look at it that, you can see that they have something like a three-point um, built-in advantage. Uh, some people are very mad about this when I say this out loud, but, you know, I mean, that's the math. What are you going to do? Numbers and numbers, yeah. Uh, yeah, the numbers are the numbers. So, but three is not eight. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if Joe's up by seven or eight and then uh, you've got like a three-point cushion the other direction, Joe's still up four or five. Uh one of the things that really held Hillary back last time is that people did not like her. Uh, and I talked to a lot of voters, even in 2016, even though I wasn't even in politics, like I heard from folks in Michigan that were just so anti-Hillary. A lot of people just did not like Hillary. Joe does not generate that kind of hostility or animosity. There's just not this huge wellspring of um, anger and venom and, uh, you know, the sense that... that uh, um, he's morally askew or something like that. Uh, and I'm not yeah. saying this stuff was fair to Hillary, but there was definitely yeah. a lot it of this still, out there. It still existed, yeah. Yeah. Um, so so you take that off the board. Um, then you take the fact that last time people voted for Trump, there was something of an unknown as to how he would govern. And now everyone knows. <laughs> like now there's like no ambiguity. Uh, I talked to thousands of Trump supporters on the trail who said, you know, I, I'm i not sure this is what I want to re-up for. Like, they were disappointed then. I have a feeling they're more disappointed now. Um, so if you can imagine Trump losing 10 12% of the folks that voted for him last time uh, because they didn't get what they thought they were going to get, which I think is realistic, um, then you start getting a more complete picture of Trump having, like, this very very low ceiling it's one reason why everyone's saying it's like well he could pull it off if he gets this narrow track of states um but you're you're seeing his overall approval rating has been way below 50 percent forever you know he hasn't even sniffed it uh it's just going to be very very hard even with some of the map advantages he has to get to a point where he's going to win the momentum's not on his side if anything the momentum steered the other way joe has a massive cash advantage uh which is going to help at the margins uh they've been getting economies of scale on national advertising that trump has not um i happened to watch some florida-based tv the other day um because of expressvpn uh i've been sure getting ads because of expressvpn yeah so, uh and soft, soft it was non-stop politi- it was non-stop <laughs> political ads there were some trump super PAC ads in there but there was a whole lot of joe um and that was on some major programs too i think i was watching it because of um, an NFL game or something like that. Like oh, okay. It was expensive it. advertising, and uh, Joe was all over it. Um, and it's not just that program. Joe's everywhere. They've, they've got $180 million more to spend on ads or whatnot, uh, and all of that money mm-hmm. is just going straight into the airwaves. TV, yeah. Um, so is, is that, you know, is that 
everything? No, but is it nothing? No, you know, I mean, like, so, so when you start building this picture, um, you settle on the fact that this time, uh, Trump's gonna lose. Uh, he, he, he's not gonna pull this thing out. And this is a, someone who very much respects uh, the fact that companies get it wrong, data's not people, uh, mm. you know, like, th- there are some unknowables, um, but I've talked to thousands of voters, and it's consistent. You know, I talked to a friend the other day whose stepmom is uh, an 80-year-old in Missouri who voted for Trump, and she's like, not this time. Like, there are just a lot of not not this time, not agains out there. Right. So, I think there's an argument, like, he probably didn't grow his base too much more, given coronavirus or the past four years of that we're all exhausted of. So, I, I, I definitely see that. And, Lord, I hope you're right. I want to I want to play devil's advocate but before that I think I want to ask a question I think is really important is um when you ran Andrew we ran we talked a lot about um Donald is a symptom um we need to cure the disease and the states Michigan Ohio Wisconsin Pennsylvania are some of the states hit hardest by automation manufacturing um and you also had said look either I'm going to win this thing or the winner is going to sound like me do you think um the Biden campaign has done a good enough job, like getting to those those types of voters and, and talking about either this or a different vision for the country, or has that not mattered as much in the the public zeitgeist, if you will, because of coronavirus? What are your thoughts on like your core message still being applied on election day? I don't think Joe has needed to go down this road, uh, yeah. and I I think that. The real challenge, if Andrew Yang is correct, uh, and also our processes hold up, not a given, um, and that votes are counted, and there's an orderly transfer of power, uh, and Joe gets sworn in January 21st, really to me, then the work begins. Uh, You know, you need to work, work, work to win this election. I'm working very hard to uh, try and grow the number of members of Congress that are for cash relief. And so, you know, like where we're working. Uh, But then the real work begins after you're in power, whether you actually make enough big changes so that the problems that got Trump elected don't just fester and grow. Uh, And there's been a consistent narrative from a number of people that I find very, very interesting. And we're going to find out one way or another. Um, And here's the narrative. You all heard it, I think. that Trump, for all of his problems, uh, is not as competent a fascist as you can imagine uh, arising from a truly disintegrating um, civilization, where if we don't solve the problems that got Trump elected, uh, something else comes out of the same um, set of ideas and impulses and people, uh, and that person could be worse than Trump. That person could be uh, competent and malignant as well as narcissistic. Uh, you know, that, that person could um, really put much more design into some of the uh, darker tendencies that Trump represented, whereas Trump was kind of a bull in the china shop. Like, that, that was his vibe and approach. Um, and I think that's... One concern that I find, by the way, totally legitimate, 
Uh, nature abhors a vacuum and, and the rest of it. Uh, you know, like, does the post-presidency Trump remain Trump? Are there, like, other versions that kind of spin out in various ways? You know there's this massive level of energy around uh, some of these ideas and conspiracy theories and impulses from the fact that QAnon has become an actual political movement despite just starting out as uh, internet conspiracy theories. You know, I mean, that no, that's pretty wild. So... Yeah. Uh, so the challenges are going to begin almost after election day and you're sworn in. Uh, the, the thing that Philip Howard said really stuck with me. He said the parties have been playing you lose, I lose, you lose, I lose all the time uh, while we have been losing ourselves or like the people have been losing. And the temptation for Joe and the Dems is going to be we won, we beat Trump, everything's back to normal. We can just do our thing, and because we're sane and rational and well-intended, um, uh, all should be well, and uh, you should believe in us. Uh, and a lot of Americans don't believe because uh, they just don't think that our government is working for them uh, and actually solving the problems they see around them. Uh, the fact that we don't have a stimulus relief bill, by the way, is exhibit... Uh, 378 and their list (laughs) of like why i don't believe in government it's an awfully big exhibit it's like a bigger exhibit than some of the others uh so the challenge uh is going to be manifold but it's strengthening the connection between government and the reality on the ground for many americans uh if we don't build up that connection we don't build up the trust the mistrust is just going to grow the institutional deterioration is just going to grow uh and the danger is that we become uh increasingly ungovernable and unable to solve meaningful problems over time Uh, i think this is the real danger i I think we're going to win this election uh and then the question is whether we go big enough and whether we rebuild in a way that's robust enough and i know this if and let's say when we win, um, there are people like you, people like AOC, people like a lot of the candidates we've endorsed that will not let this administration, and we'll be allies to them as much as we can, but we'll not let them be complacent as if things are normal. Like you are step one on a long road to recovery is kind of what you're saying. You being the Biden administration and a good step one. think Andrew I'd like to do this um for those of you listening who maybe disagree with Andrew or like terrified um I'm I this is where I'm gonna play the devil's advocate race like how does Trump win um because I actually think so I think it's either one or two scenarios this is my gut it's either this election was over in March over and Biden rolls. Biden just freaking rolls. Like, Texas is close. He wins Georgia. He wins some, like, states. Like, who, how the hell did a Democrat win that? Like, and just landslide. Um, and I think that's most likely. And boy, God, do I, I'm, I'm literally going to be praying on my knees for that outcome because we need that. Um, we need to get the country right. The other outcome to me is that similar to 2016, the polls are wrong. And I think um, they're wrong because either the turnout model is wrong or there's a lot of people that don't want to admit they're voting for Trump. Um, and if that uh, is... Ah, the shy Trump voter. Good old shy Trump voter. Good old shy Trump voter. And I know they, I mean, I know they exist. The question is the number they exist, and you don't really, it's tough to tell. Um, 
And if that's the case, I think a Trump victory looks like this. It's an inside straight again. He wins Florida, Ohio, North Carolina. You throw in, I think he wins Iowa. I think we're overreaching there. And then the one where the polls are just dead wrong, just like they were in 2016, is Pennsylvania. And Trump, Biden's up, I think. I can look this up real quick. He's up in Pennsylvania somewhere. The polls range right now between Biden plus eight to Trump plus three. And it's leaning more Biden plus eight. But if the polls are wrong and Trump squeaks that out, um, he now just needs a couple more. Yeah, I think he's at like 269 or 270 there, right there with those states. He needs either Arizona, New Hampshire, Nebraska District 2, whatever is, or Maine District 2. Um, they've got a couple states that split their electoral votes. And to me, where that, where I think this could lean is because in these tight bullshit, like voting counting issues or stuff, advantage incumbent. Um, so that to me is how Trump sneaks this out. Um, and so that's my call. I, I hope I'm wrong, um, but I, I'm terrified. Wait, that, wait that's, your, that, that's your call? As in that's what you I'm believe will happen? I'm predicting Trump wins it. That's the lane, man. I think he does it. I think we have bullshit, man. I, wow, I think wow, Zach. I hate it. And so I mean, bold. I mean, this has necessarily been helping, but I hope if you're listening to this, like you, you're scared like I am. Like I'm going to watch this election in Florida and Monday, Tuesday, I'll be out there trying to bring random strangers to go vote, knock on neighbor's doors, whatever I can. Um, well, I, I think this is a tremendous note for everyone because despite Andrew Yang's confidence, I have the capacity to be confident and also run through the tape and work hard. Um, but if you're not that type, you should run through the tape be because, Zach scared, because, Zach, <laughs> because Zach just scared the confidence out of you. Uh, yeah. So we, we definitely need to work, work, work and until the polls close on Tuesday. Every vote matters, uh, especially in the swing states. Um, yeah. So that that's a scenario you've traced zach that requires a lot to go right for trump but it's plausible uh no it's, like that's uh, not that if you look at it, it's not that far-fetched that's what scared me because it's like i think he wins florida Penn, and ohio and north carolina so then it's pennsylvania needs to flop and then one other like one other like holy shit he won nevada like nevada let's say say like or whatever it is or michigan was off like yeah, he needs to we win. He, he needs to win a PA uh, or something along those lines. It's one yeah. reason why I've been campaigning in PA. I mean, the Biden campaign yeah. knows that PA is key. Yeah, uh, Pennsylvania and Florida. Those those feel like the the giant boulders. Like if one, if they both drop drop to Trump, um, then the scenario you just outlined is very realistic. And it's it's one of those things. It's crazy. Like if one of these states is off, like the likelihood of other ones being really off is, gets higher, right? That's where you're. You know, it's kind of. Well, this is what happened in 2016. Yeah, you yeah. looked up and you were like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> then after that, Pennsylvania, what the like, hell? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and oh. you're like, and I think that's a wrap. Then I remember, and I remember was... the anchors looking up, being like, "I think that does it." I remember watching me like I thought a couple of these states were gonna be close. I thought Wisconsin's gonna be close. I thought Michigan gonna be close. But I thought we had Pennsylvania locked. I thought Florida was looking okay. Um, and when they started dropping, man, you're like, wait, 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 uh, wait a what? Um, so um, now look, there's a plenty of positive movement. In the re if you want to like sleep better at night, look, Donald Trump had lower turnout in tw in 2016 than Mitt Romney did in 2012. Like, um, so there is if the Dems show up, I think they can there could be the tidal wave. Um, and I do think, like, half my gut tells me this election was over in March. Like, if people saw the response to COVID, they're like, oh, man, wrong guy, wrong time. Like, 
Gotta or it might have been wrong after the first debate because that was very, very yeah. negative for Trump. Uh, you know, and yeah. then he followed that up by getting COVID. Very, very nasty few days for him. Yeah. You know, like that, that was like a one-two punch. Uh, and then after that, I don't know what he could have done to, to, to reverse it. And I think... And that's where, like, the evaluation needs to take place. Because I think, like, in 2016, like, you could argue Trump deserved to win. Like, he had a really powerful message, and he went to where the people who liked that message needed to hear it, right? This case, he does not have a very powerful message. And he's going to these places in ways that are dangerous. Like, it's a freaking pandemic right now. Like, the, his, everything's off. Like, he, I don't think he deserves to win this from a tactics standpoint, for what it's worth. Um, the story about the people being stranded at the uh, Nebraska post rally or whatnot, I was like, man. oh, no, I, I feel uh, so yeah. bad for you. It was like really for, cold, apparently. For those of you who didn't see this, Donald Trump had a rally in Nebraska and a couple hundred, like basically they shuttled him into basically an airport hangar a couple miles away and the buses got held up or left or ignored. So basically a couple hundred supporters got stuck in the cold and the dark. Like it was just like, it was just over. <laughs> um which is probably more of a funny, like, make fun of Trump story than losing supporter stuff. But uh, uh, this still. sounds like a setup for a movie or something. It sounds like uh, a version of uh, Fire Ooh. Fest. Or um, uh, Andrew and I have written a movie, guys, and uh, it's called Blood Caucus. And it's uh, a murder horror movie. It takes place at the Iowa caucuses. Uh, more to come soon. Um, Among I don't want to tell you too much. candidates for the... the uh, Democratic nomination uh, yes. has a tagline: "Your first vote could be your last." Could be your Freaking last. Work. <laughs> your your work of genius. Yeah, genius. How this did is... we just give away our hit screenplay, Zach? Delete, well, delete, well, uh, delete, delete. Cut this out. <laughs> uh, but let me tell. Like the the movie logo is the Iowa State flag with the eagle on it. It's like red. It's red, white, and blue with this eagle in the middle of it, and it's got like a there's like blood dripping off the talons, like something sick, right? Uh, yeah, this is a hit, man. Definitely a banger. Uh, we should we should design John, our producer John. We're gonna draft this up, um, see if we can get some momentum around it. We'll crowdfund around our first uh, for the pilot or whatever the first the raw the rough cut. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> back to election. Um, I'll be uh, in and out of CNN studios uh, over uh, the next number of days uh, to to peek in. It's interesting, Zach, because. Now, part of the lens we see things through is like the reaction of journalists to various things. And I have no idea how I'd react to various things. <laughs> you know, I love it, man. You're like, going to have what? real raw reaction. Like, I hope you give me like a WTF on air uh, if something crazy happens. Like if Texas flips, drop an F-bomb or whatever. <laughs> no. So I, don't know. Uh, so, so I, I obviously believe Joe's going to win. Um, yeah. And so that, that that's uh, so that's my prediction. Yeah. I took the other side. Though I will I, say, go ahead. I, I will say Zach's upside for calling Trump is much higher uh, than than mine because if Zach is right, then everyone will be like, Zach's a genius. Uh, That's true. This is Zach, this is me. Twenty twenty four. Big Coke guy. Twenty twenty four. Etc. Let's all just listen to Zach. Uh, um, or if not, you call me an idiot, right? Um, it's here's a, I say so. Um, on Wednesday this week. Um, we're going to try and give some live reaction. So Andrew's schedule is going to be all over the place, but it'll be myself um, and hopefully friends from our, our world. So as many political experts as we can get, including uh, I'm sure our press, our comms team will be involved. Um, 
Carly or Eric Sanchez, our staffer, is going to try and loop him in, um, especially if Andrew can't join. I think he's going to be tied up. So you'll have both Yang live on CNN and Zach and the Yang gang staff live on Yang Speaks. I think it'll be a fun way to look at the election. So fun. Let's do it. Let's Yang gang uh, come together. Yang gang gather for election I'm into it, man. day and night results. Uh, one thing I would love for you to pour over, I would do it. Uh, and if I'm available, I will do it. I want to go through all the Humanity Forward candidates uh, and what happened with their races. I now oh, yeah. am so passionate about so many of these candidates. I'm going to be pumped when they win and very sad if they don't win because I feel like they all deserve to win. Some of them have very tough races. Um, yeah. But if you're listening to this and you can help in any of the Humanity Forward races, please check it out. Go to MoveHumanityForward.com. Who knows? It could be the person running in your district, uh, and then you can go vote for them. Uh, but let's help them win. That's going to be, to me, uh, a massive uh, like uh, emotional high or low, what happens with those candidates. Um, because having been a candidate myself, I see what they put on the line. And if they win, some of them, if they win, that it's going to be historic because uh, some of them are awesome candidates and human beings, but running in districts where no one gave them a shot in the beginning, but now some of them do have a shot. Yeah, I, the best thing we can do to broaden what you stand for, Andrew, is actually empowering the people we've we've tasked with carrying the torch. You know, we've given our yes. blessings who are carrying the torch. So that's moving me forward. You could actually donate to all of them like if you only have five bucks to donate you can give you know a little fraction to all of them which is you know every pennies i guess so please give more than that if you're doing that but uh like you can give you can see them all um and they need like joe biden like um they're good on money i think down the stretch here um, really good. <laughs> they're good like you know um but some of these smaller candidates really could and like you know 100 bucks or whatever you can give actually would go a decent way because they're doing a lot of Facebook ads or flyer printing and get out the vote efforts day of and that's that actually carries some weight in some of these small towns too so I've, I've donated to our candidates uh, it, it's just so fun you can't resist um, and then after you donate there's a magical connection that is forged some of you have that connection with me for which I'm eternally grateful yeah because yeah, you now get spammed uh, but, but, via email <laughs> no they're good I, you know sorry uh, that makes me super sad, man. Um, <laughs> no, we. Don't, I mean, like, I, look, we do spam, but it's not. It's uh, they're thoughtful. They're hard. It's not, you know, clickbait BS. I, I think that's know, an oxymoron, bro. I, I don't think you can. I don't think this thing is thoughtful <laughs> spam. I we'll have to get back into that. That's one. fair. That's uh, fair. Um, but you guys have been great. A lot of you guys open them, which I appreciate because we do put a lot. Of, we do put a lot of time and thought into writing them. Andrew writes a bunch himself. Um, he's actually we're working on one. You know what we want to say. You know, on the election. So. Um, they're real. Thank you for opening them. Sorry I derailed you on our spam. No, not combo. at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but a magical connection is built when you make a donation to a candidate. And I, I have had that experience myself. So if you want to root even harder for candidate election night, just make a donation, 10, 20 bucks to them. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, that's my guy or that's my gal or that's my candidate. Um, so I'd encourage you to do so. It really is magical, that connection. It's one reason why I think those organic campaigns like ours end up being so much stronger uh, because you feel like you own it uh, You be yeah. through your support. And like it or not, uh, that, that includes financial support. Um, yeah. There's something very direct and powerful about it. You know what's cool, Andrew, that we actually don't talk about enough is that you 
interview every candidate we endorse or are about to endorse. Um, and no offense to Barack Obama, he makes a lot of endorsements. I highly doubt he's doing that. Um, like you get to know them personally. And there have been times um, where you're like, you know, I don't know if this is, you know, like you, you'll, you, you want to get to know them on a personal level to make sure they, um, that frankly, the Yang gang or anyone's donating to them. Um, yeah, I personally interview them and uh, I personally donate to them uh, if, yeah if we decide to go forward and I've definitely talked to someone and been like, I don't know if this is the, the way or this is the fit yeah, um, yeah. because I'd feel terrible endorsing someone if I didn't have that direct experience with them, even if it is a half an hour zoom or phone call. Uh, and you can yeah. go a long way with a half an hour zoom or phone call and getting um, into someone's head and seeing what makes them tick. And now I love those candidates. I'll tell you, like if I'd endorsed them and I hadn't had that conversation with them, would I feel as strongly as I do? Heck no. You'd be a phony. Yeah. But now I'm so into it. I'm so yeah. into each and every one of them. Uh, they're awesome. I don't want to name names. It's like having, some, you know, but like Donna, David Kim, Kara Eastman in Nebraska in that district you're talking about. Yeah. The folks who are on Yank Speaks last week, uh, Pam Keith, Alan Cohn. Uh, you know, the list just goes on and on. I love them all. Shri Kulkarni, yeah. like, Lula Cycli. Anyway. Uh, They're all so pretty awesome. Do, do check them out at movehumanityforward.com. Let's help them win. That's going to be a roller coaster for me on election night because I can already see some of them are going to win. I'm sure some of them are not going to win because many of them have very challenging races. But I'm going to be like, yes, yes, oh, no. Yes, oh, no. And then I'll, I'll be, you know, and some of you won't know. I'll be texting them too. I'll be all That's like, true. yeah, so excited. Or like, you did great anyway. Um, yeah, anyway. So uh, election night, it's going to be a huge night. Let's make it even better. Make sure and vote. You can still make a difference. You can still donate. You can still volunteer. You can still do all sorts of things. Zach's volunteering in Florida. I'm volunteering at CNN HQ. <laughs> <laughs> You're not, they're paying you, man. No, no, no. <laughs> but... Please vote, guys. We love you. Um, we love this country. Um, we love the humans running for office. Win, lose, or draw if you're on you know, whatever team you're on. The important thing that we come together, and we hope um, you're here with us on this podcast to kind of talk about the results shortly after. So thank you, guys. Go vote. Vote even if it's not for anyone we are talking about. Just vote. Uh, no, vote. like Just vote. Amen. Thank you for listening in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did... Please do subscribe to Yang Speaks and click on notifications so we can let you know every time we have a new episode. 